0: I know I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. Hey, everybody. This is Naja with I Know I'm Crazy. So today I'm here with my friend Chris. Now, I met Chris on Instagram. Isn't Instagram dope for like meeting new people and making connections and learning all these fake quotes that Abraham Lincoln really didn't say? Um, So Chris is pursuing his PhD, currently he works with folks that are battling addiction, trauma, anxiety, and you're like, Nausea, what the heck does that have to do with the stuff that you talk about, blended families? Well, the majority of the emails, text messages, DMs, inboxes, all that stuff that I get from my audience it's people that are dealing with these high conflict situations and they're riddled with anxiety and they can't seem to get out of their own heads. So I thought, why not bring in an expert, a person that can teach us how to control our own thoughts, anxieties, sometimes emotions. And he can even tell us when we, know we need to go seek a higher level of help. So without further ado, hey, Chris.
1: Hey, Naja, how we doing?
0: I am good, honey. I am over here chilling in South Beach, actually. So I have not a complaint in the world right now.
1: (laughs) I am jealous. It just started snowing here in Utah. So I would trade places with you in a heartbeat.
0: Oh, my God. Utah. So in in typical and traditional, I know I'm crazy format, you have to tell our guests and me why you are crazy, just like the rest of us.
1: Okay, well, I, I think there's quite a few reasons, but we're gonna, if we only can pick one, um, we're gonna go with the issue of the elephant in the room. I think there are topics that our society typically does not want to address, things that people don't wanna pay attention to, that we don't wanna talk about. And I just, for some sick, twisted reason, love to get into that dialogue and to, and to talk about the underlying issues and talk about the things that, that, that some people consider to be taboo. That some people consider to just be really scary. I feel like if we can be vulnerable and we can be real, then our lives just become so much better. And I and I think, I really think that makes me crazy. That's one of those many reasons.
0: Yeah, that's pretty crazy because who wants to deal with the elephant in the room and the boogeyman and the that unknown thing under underneath our beds? So yeah, that's that makes you pretty crazy. So um, are you a co-parent, step-parent? Um, I know you have three kids, three cute kids. But what's your situation?
1: Yeah, so I am a co-parent. I have a little girl who I co-parent with her mother, and then uh, my wife and I have uh, two young boys that we're that we're raising. And so we have the we have the mixed family dynamics. Um, My wife is as a step parent and to almost a teenage to almost a teenage girl. So uh, we definitely this this topic definitely hits home for us.
0: Ooh, okay, teenage—that's fun. My my stepdaughter is also a teenager, and sweetest sweetest pie, honey. I, I think I got yeah. really blessed in that department. For <laughs> you know, other things that are lacking in my blended family, at least the kids ain't the problem.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, how is how is the co-parenting relationship?
1: You know, it what I've what I've come to find is that differences don't necessarily have to be bad things. Um, we we try to look at the uniqueness of each home and. Um, recognize what's in the best interest of our child and just navigate that. And, and a lot of communication I think is so important because assumptions are made. We think, we think that, that kids struggle with communication, but we as adults really struggle with that as well. And you throw in the emotional dynamics of, of divorce and uh, kind of mended or, or melded relationships and family dynamics and everything. And it just, It can get hectic, it can get a little bit crazy. And so um something that we don't really love to do is is to talk to our ex. We don't love to to kind of live in that past, but but when you have children involved, Mm -hmm. we've we've got to have the ability to set our emotions, not not shut them down and not swallow them and pretend they don't exist, but set them to the side for a moment, do what's needed for our children. And then we can we can have our own outlet in other areas that are healthy, that are appropriate, that aren't going to negatively impact our kids as they continue to develop and and kind of understand
0: life. So tell me this, Chris. You're an expert. You're about to be a Ph.D. I'm going to be calling you Dr. Chris real soon. (laughs) So why in the hell can't most people do that? What you just said sounded so perfectly textbook. And in a perfect world, we would all be able to, you know, talk about the kids and keep it about the kids. But how come most co parents can't do that?
1: Oh, my goodness. This is going to be the, the most mundane um, Sunday school type answer. But we, <laughs> forget. we really forget. We get in the moment of, of stress and our anxiety comes up. Our frustrations come up. We, we may be at a breaking point and we just forget to do the things that we teach our kids to do. Hey, take a breath. Take a time out. Calm down, use a coping skill. We just forget. It's like it goes out the window. And so we literally need those reminders to keep us present so that we don't have a reaction that's going to have some consequences down the road.
0: So you mentioned um, techniques. And one of the things that really attracted me to your page and made me want to get you on the line is techniques. Because, you know, Chris, uh, as I mentioned earlier in the intro, there's people that are out here that are hurting. They're confused. They don't understand why they're getting these personal attacks thrown their way when chances are they may or may not be innocent. You guys know most of us, we ain't all that innocent, but well, you know, th- things are happening that are unnecessary and it's causing them to almost lose their minds. So for those of us that are in these high conflict situations, what's, what can we do when we get that text message or that email or that Phone call that pisses us off. What's the first thing that you would tell us to do?
1: Pause. Don't react. There are so many times where we want to react in the moment, and quite frankly,
0: hell yeah, there are.
1: (laughs) Yeah, man, we're 100% justified some of those times. But but one thing and I trust me, I have been on the the end of delivering those text messages where I was frustrated, where I just I heard something from my sweet baby girl. And and I just thought, how could this be happening? That's not okay. And we just react. I assume I I assumed as well. And so this goes this goes for both both ends of that text message. Right. Um, Not reacting and not making an assumption, but recognizing, hey, look, as adults, we've got a responsibility to this child, to these children, to uh, a step-parent, to other family members. We're all, really, we're all on the same team. We're all working toward the same goal. And if we can put some of those, those differences aside, if we, can, if we can be calm and relaxed in a very um, uh, unrelaxed scenario, we're going to be a whole lot more productive, or at least have the opportunity to be a whole lot more productive, if we do that. But it is—it is absolutely hard. So again, don't react. Don't have that initial reaction that we want to do. But pause for a moment. Maybe have a, a trusted uh, family member or a neutral party um, bring them into the situation, and you explain this is my side of it. Hey, here's my phone. Take a look at that text. What do you think? This is what's coming up for me. Give me some suggestions. Am I off here, or or, or do I have a right to be upset? But But not just reacting based on the emotions that are in my head, the the, the emotions that are in my heart in that moment, but, but being smart about it
0: and so something you said that was important is, hey, let me just give this phone to a a neutral party, guys, that doesn't mean to give it to your sister who's going through a divorce, or give it to your mom who <laughs> doesn't know exactly who your dad is, or that doesn't mean give it to. Uh, this person that is filled with hate because they're probably going to lead you wrong. you got to find a trusted counsel, like somebody that actually um, will give you advice, solution-based advice. So you said just, first of all, I'm not going to react. So if I get a text message that says, Naja, you're a stupid bitch and your stepkids hate you and you're ugly. So I just need to pause and not do anything. And then I need to call, maybe share it with a, uh, a neutral party. Okay. So then what do I do?
1: Then what you do is I, I, and even maybe we can dial this back a little bit. One thing that is so important to me that I teach my clients that I teach uh, my friends and my family members is consider the source. Okay. So somebody comes at you with a text like that. Yes, That's not about you. That's about them. That's, that's hate filled. That's frustration. That's anger. That's emotion. And they're not, they don't really believe that. They're just coming at you with daggers. And so so to pause and and consider, is this really about me or is this about that person? And they're just trying to come at me with ammunition uh, to get me to react. Um, So beyond that, the the trusted friend, the trusted uh, family member or somebody who who may have some experience, but they've done their work. So this isn't going to just rile them up and it's not going to it's not going to kind of commiserate. Uh, or they're not going to commiserate with you and go. You know what? Yeah, that's right. Let's get them back. Let's let's retaliate and let's react and let me, let me text that. Right? It's, <laughs> it's it's going to somebody who is actually going to be calm and give you good, sound wisdom and advice rather than figuring out how to get into revenge mode. Right? Um, and so sometimes you've got to you've got to recognize that maybe mom's not the best candidate for this. Right? My mother is sweet and wonderful and amazing and is is the best person on the face of the earth but she's going to back me 100% of the time. Yes. I, could have done, I could have done 90% of the harm, but my mom's <laughs> not going to see that. It's just right. the nature of the relationship. It's not about her. It's the, it's the nature of I'm her, I'm her boy. I'm her, baby. her little boy. And, her and baby. how can I do anything wrong, right? And so, so recognizing that, it doesn't mean she's not an ally. It doesn't mean she's not a great uh, source of wisdom and support and, and feedback, but it's just recognizing I need blunt bold feedback where somebody's going to say to me, Chris, you've messed up, man. You shouldn't have done that. Mm. Um, cause I don't, I don't, I don't just want to be validated. I, I truly want to know if I messed up cause we've got to fix that. We've got to improve that. we got to, we've got to um, innovate so that we don't keep doing that.
0: People to hold you accountable for when you screw up, right?
1: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And as a society, we don't like that. We don't like to be called on the carpet. We don't like to be told, given the feedback that that we messed up, and that's that's a struggle. And I think I, for for quite a bit of my career, I've been trying to do that, but it's still hard. It's still when I mess up and I and I get the feedback that I did something wrong. It still kind of hits the ego. It still kind of hits that soul and says, "Well, you're not perfect." Well, that's that's true. We're not. Mm-hmm. We're a work in progress. We're trying to improve, but there are still those moments where if we know we messed up, it, it, it hurts. So we've got to be open to the feedback. We've got to be open to that we, the fact that we make mistakes. Now, okay. earlier you had asked, what do we do next? So there are times where a um, family member, a close friend, or somebody else is not sufficient. And so you've got to get somebody who maybe has some professional experience um, with uh, co-parenting step parenting this might be a counselor or therapist a marriage and family therapist or a social worker someone who someone who knows how to mediate and knows how to look at all the sides of every story because there are so many and there are so many perspectives and and everybody's right in their perspective everyone's right in their feelings but it doesn't mean that's actually what's happening if i feel offended it doesn't mean the other person was trying to offend me um, and so right. sometimes we need that neutral party that will say hold on a minute let me give you the feedback. Can I, can I walk you through this? And they do a little bit of reality testing. They do a little bit of, of coping skills and, and walking us through our thinking errors, walking us through how, how well you shouldn't have felt that way, even though you did. Okay, okay, your feelings are valid. But we, we get the opportunity to maybe resolve some of those anxieties and those resentments especially.
0: Okay. So, first we got to pause, then we find a neutral party. If we don't have a neutral party, then we find uh, possibly an expert. And there's all sorts of resources, guys. Like if you can't afford a coach, marriage counselor, psychiatrist, uh, therapist, whatever, then there's t- you know, there's free info out there. Tons of it is listed on my blog. I'm going to get some links from Chris too so that he can uh give us some resources. Now, another thing that I saw on your page and I I like to give people tangible things that they can take away right now and do because somebody listening to this is pissed off because of an email or a text or some sort of action that impeded upon them, impeded upon them. And so you, on your page, you mentioned something called a grounding technique. So let's just say I get this text, Naja, you're like ugly bitch. I don't know why that's my voice. I don't know why I do that. But
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's the voice we hear in our head. Even I mean, if the other person is saying it sweetly, that's not how we receive it. We, is, we go and twist that message, right? We hear it way differently than, than, than the other person. Yeah.
0: I perceive it how I want to perceive it, not exactly yes. how they delivered it. Chris, yes, we can end this here. You are so damn smart. No <laughs> wonder you're going to be a PhD. Oh my God. Oh,
1: thank you. You're okay.
0: sweet. I hope you guys are getting as much out of this as I am. So, the grounding technique, you said there's five, four, three, two, one. And I can read these, um, or do you like already? I can, I can read them real quick. Sure, so you go ahead. Said, you said, look around and name five things you can see in the room. So guys, if you're, you know, according to Chris, he's like, listen, uh, if, if there's, if, Chris, can you just explain that? Explain that first step.
1: Okay. So grounding techniques are, are, let me get in tune with my actual physical location and my surroundings. Because sometimes when anxiety and depression and, and other paralyzing emotions come in, we feel like we're some, sometimes it's so extreme that we feel like we're actually going to die. We feel like we're actually going to go crazy. And so something that, that I'll do with my, with my clients, and I'll do this myself, take off your shoes, put your feet on the ground, and just notice the way the, the floor feels. If it's warm enough right now, it's again, it's snowing out here in Utah. I don't want to go put my feet in the snow. But but sometimes it's significant enough that that's what needs to happen. You've got to do an extreme action to get you out of that anxiety and that paralyzing distress. But it could be just as simple as, as uh, putting your hands on the chair that you sit in and just noticing the stitching, noticing the fabric or the leather or whatever it is, um, bringing your awareness to the present moment, to your physical body, to your space, uh, taking deep breaths, inhaling, exhaling, just doing something. And, and there's probably thousands of things that we could list as examples here.
0: Okay, um, okay, I see. And, so, and
1: yeah, so there's a lot.
0: So basically, as opposed to allowing that person to kind of control my temperament, I need to snap out of it and be like, Naja, you are here right now. This is your present circumstance. I like that. Focus on right here, right now. So the second one is name four things you can feel and really feel them. What the heck does that mean, Chris?
1: So you've you've got our emotional feelings and then you've got the actual physical feelings using our senses, right? So going back to you know, putting your hands on the chair, um, feeling a desktop, um, sometimes people will click a pen uh, a few times, just bringing you to the present space, um, bringing you back to a sense of reality. The other part is the emotions that we can feel. Um, sometimes in these scenarios, as you, as you talked about that text message earlier, that would cause, if I received that text, I'd, I'd be unloved. I would feel unwanted. I would feel, I'd probably feel ugly. I'd probably feel a lot of nasty, gnarly things. Mm. And so part of reality testing is, well, am I really this way? Am I really ugly? And then we don't want anyone to look in the mirror and really kind of go analyze that. But it's what are the, what are the beautiful traits that I possess? What are the good things that I do in this world? Ooh. So it could be just as simple as positive affirmations. Hold on a minute. Who are the people that tell me I'm of value? Do I trust them? Do I believe them? Do, are they liars? Well, if my wife tells me she loves me, do I believe that? Absolutely. So that, oh, yeah. something as simple as that can counteract a hate-filled text or frustration or a bad, rough interaction that we have because we've got this other truth. We've got these other experiences that can, that can fight that narrative that's, that's coming in trying to wreak havoc in our heart.
0: Yes. Positive affirmations and guys I'm going to be sharing this um, on the blog so you'll be able to as a matter of fact there's a meme I want you guys to make this your screensaver so that especially in your if you're in the throes of battle right now you have this to immediately refer to so the third thing says it says name three things you can hear and focus on their sounds
1: it could be th- now this is not fun all the time but you know when it's really quiet and you hear the ticking of the clock Sometimes we, we, that drives us nuts, but sometimes it's, it's been so instrumental in helping somebody get outside of that paralysis to just focus on something external. Um, mm-hmm. It could be the wind outside. It could be a, an overhead fan. Um, there are so many devices that you can get now and so many wonderful apps where you can use ambient sound, um, the, the noise of a creek, a waterfall, the ocean, um, something up in the mountains, leaves blowing through the trees. Aspen trees are my favorite for mm. that. Um, just doing something that will take you to a good space that will, that will, whether it's real or not, something that you can hear that will audibly come in and go, Hey, this anxiety is here, but you don't need to lose it over that. Got you don't it. need, you don't need to really give up your power and your control and have some ultimate consequences down the road by reacting to this situation. So it could also be um, hey, in the next room, can I hear something? Maybe I pause for a moment and go see what's happening. Take a break. You know, the um uh when I growing up as a kid, I watched the Flintstones. And something that I've used in the past as I've talked about putting the brakes on, I've said we use the Flintstone brakes. Because if you picture Fred Flintstone braking in his vehicle, it's not just a gentle, lightly tap on the brakes. Like there it takes a lot of intense specific-
0: <laughs> Yes. motion
1: and work yeah. right so putting on the flintstone brakes saying I, I gotta get up i gotta run i gotta go do something not run from the, the the scenario but but go for a jog and change my space that will help me cool off come back to centered come back to a, a sense of homeostasis mm-hmm. then i'm going to continue in dealing with whatever this is that's on my plate
0: Mm. And the next one is pretty much self-explanatory. Name two things you can smell. I like that. So we'll pass that one. And then the last one, um, name one good quality that you have. So that kind of goes back to positive affirmations and pulling yourself back into your reality, not someone else's. So perfect. So Chris, questions. Um, What do you do on a daily basis at work? What's the kind of average workday look like for you?
1: Average work day: some combination of group therapy, facilitating process group therapy or what we call psychoeducation, which is basically teaching skills, um, whether it's communication skills, coping skills, um, positive affirmations, specifically working in an addiction treatment center. We've got to talk about cravings. We've got to talk about triggers. Um, we talk about uh, how to live your life. So so a lot of life skills, how to live successfully. Um acknowledging that there is going to be stress in this world, but figuring out how to handle it successfully without becoming overwhelmed and without going back out into the world, doing the same things that, that led my clients here for treatment in the first place. Um, so a combination of, of those two things, individual therapy sessions, and then you always have to keep time in the schedule for crisis. Um, this happens more and more, especially lately. Our, our stress tolerance I think has reduced over time, at least, at least the time that I've been working in this field, um, I think we're we're not as able to handle. Now, this is a very, very broad statement.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We're not able to handle quite as much on our plate.
0: Why and is that?
1: I, you know, I, I don't have an answer for that yet. I'd love to. I'd love to do some research and, and kind of figure that out. But, but it just seems as though we we struggle a little bit more with things that a generation ago just kind of handled it, just kind of did it.
0: Um, Mm. so are we weaker are we like some pansies you know
1: you know i don't think we we truly are um i think that we've been taught that we can't do things on our own i think we've been taught that that if something's hard you don't have to do it that if something's hard someone else will do it for you or or it's not worth it or anything like that so one of the things that that i teach the clients and i even teach this to my 12 year old and my three-year-old said it the other day i think i posted on my Instagram, we were sitting, sitting buildings with some blocks and he said the phrase to me, we can do hard things. And that really? is a monster that we have. It's on a, it's on a canvas in my daughter's bedroom that says I can do hard things because wow. that, I mean, listen to that phrase. That's, that's 100% a positive affirmation.
0: Yes. That little
1: children's book, the, the little engine that could, right? We've got to, we've got to believe in ourselves, We've got to believe that, yeah, there's crap in this world. There's chaos. There's stress. But I got this. I can do it. I'm not weak. I'm not a pansy. But on some level, I think we, we at times receive the message that we, that we can't. Mm. It's too hard. And so sometimes we take the easy way out. And, and one of the things I love, and maybe this makes me crazy too, but one of the things I love is helping people recognize how truly powerful they are, how capable they are. And that comes in the phrase of when I, when I work with a client who just truly hates themselves, mm. really has low self-worth. I'm going, how do you feel this way? In my mind, I'm going, how do you feel this way? I see so much light in you. I see see so much strength and so much power and so much beauty and brilliance. What's going on? What's the disconnect? Well, the disconnect is that voice in our head that says we can't. It's that voice in our head that says we're just not good enough, that we're not worthy. And we listen to that voice because, on some level, it's a part of us. And the feedback that we get from uh, from a ther- myself as a therapist, uh, or from mom or from a, a spouse or somebody else is, "Well, you have to say that. You yeah. have to love. It. You have to tell me good things about myself, right?" And I hear sometimes, "Well, that's your job. You're supposed to believe in me." Mm-hmm. No, no, no. That's not my job. That is not my job. That's a that's a reason that I do my job is because that ability to see your power and to be, to be able to see your strength and help you recognize it. Because I could tell you all day long how wonderful you are. The key to this is helping you see it. Helping but you. I,
0: I would have to see my power and own it. Yes. 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 Chris, you know, if, if, if something happens with this whole PhD thing, you should be a preacher, honey. Because you are... <laughs> I'm over here about to shout. I'm just like, yes, Chris! You gonna say that. So, well, thank you earlier you mentioned something, you were like, um, you're helping the people to resist cravings and identify their triggers and to keep them from falling back into the throes of addiction. And I can kind of relate that to people that are experiencing conflict, turmoil in their own families, because, um, these are things that they're accustomed to. This is, has, this has been their way of existing. So they only know conflict and turmoil. So I kind of, I kind of want to tie it in here a little. So what makes people some of your clients actually go back and revert and succumb to those triggers and go back out there in the world and pick up that addiction again what what is it about them is there a certain personality type that's more prone what what's the commonality here i guess i'm trying to tie that all in in,
1: in my experience there's not a particular personality that's that's more susceptible to that but it's it's Um, something that, that is kind of a mantra for us as well. And this is quite literally my, my, uh, username here on Instagram is do your dailies. Mm -hmm. There are, there is a list of daily activities that I do personally, and that I encourage my clients to do that keep me and keep them in a space of gratitude that keep us in a space of productive living, a a space of sobriety, um, success with emotions, um, pausing and reflecting before reacting. And so that's kind of the thing is, is if you do that thing on a daily basis where, you know, if it's a reading that you want to do, if it's journaling, if it's prayer or meditation or some people work out, uh, making a meal, uh, a hot shower, whatever that activity is, that self-care piece, you have to do it every day.
0: Every there's single a, day.
1: Yes. There's a huge difference. Now, I don't want those who are listening to say, well, well I, I missed a day, so I'm doomed. That's not the case. We'll talk about that maybe at a later time, but it's, it's getting into a consistent routine. Sometimes we call that a habit, into a consistent routine where I'm doing that thing that lowers my stress level and increases my stress tolerance level so I can handle more, right? One of the reasons, the prime reasons that my people go back out and relapse is because the, the stress of life hits them and they were not prepared. They weren't expecting it. And so if I can increase your stress tolerance and there's a, there's a number of activities and exercises um, and things that we do in order to increase that stress tolerance level. But if we can do that, then you can handle so much more, but we tell you. hmm,
0: So you, you just said there's, can you send me that list so I can share it so that maybe, and I know it's dealing with addiction, but. There's people out here also that are listening, can't handle stress sometimes. So can you send right. me that so I can share it with everybody?
1: Absolutely, I will. Yes, I will. okay, perfect. You know, l- let me speak to that for just a moment.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, as
1: a society, we, we, I, th- I believe we think that addiction, that substance abuse, that alcoholism, that crime, that, um, you know, workaholic, um, foodaholic, exerciseaholic, whatever it is, We think that's a problem and that's not the problem. That's what it looks like that, you know, when my, when my clients come in they have a diagnosis that relates to their addiction issues, their substance use issues. But what we recognize in the field is, is understanding this more and more is that that's been the solution. The drug, the gym, the shopping, the sex, the, the pornography, the whatever it is, that's their solution because life is so hectic Life is so crazy in the moment. This, the, the emotions are so chaotic that they need relief, right? And so mm-hmm. we get to a point where we're in so much distress and so much pain that some of these crazy things seem normal, seem rational, seem effective. Like, that's what I need. That's how I'm going to get through this situation. Um, the reality is is that, again, that's the solution. The problem is anxiety. The problem is uh, depression. The problem is trauma and PTSD. The problem is mixed family, where we don't know how to communicate. Mm. We don't know. We don't know what we're doing, and so we all go to these coping mechanisms. We do these things to try to escape and try to have some relief and maybe even a pat on the back that validates us and feels good. But it doesn't mean it's a healthy thing. And so this this message goes for everybody. It's not just addicts and alcoholics and people that have you know legal issues. This is this is us as a society. Because if, if I'm focused on my client not drinking or not using, well, his family member, I want them in treatment as well. Once a week, we, we do a family night and we bring in the family members and say, hey, we want to teach you too. This is a family disease. Yes. Tell me what your, your addiction is. And usually it's, well, it's chocolate or it's Diet Coke or it's, I've got to go for a drive. You know, there are some healthy things that are still addicting. There are some things that you don't look at as a problem, but they are, Right. The issue is if I'm trying to escape and run away from my problem, run away from my pain, then that's what I want to pay attention to. That's the real underlying issue or underlying problem, and that's what I want to get to. That's what I want to help you figure out how to relieve, so that Mm -hmm. you don't my help anymore. We're going to teach you those skills. We're going to get you to a position where you can handle this, and you and you'll still have some support down the road. But you're not going to have to pay me for it. Right. have to check into rehab anymore, because you're going to have the skills. If you, if you do your dailies, if you do those things that got you uh, sober, um, calm, patient, happy, or whatever, whatever the ultimate goal was, whatever it got you when it got you well in the first place, you got to keep doing those things, right? It's not a, it's not a weekend detox, and I'm good to go. This is a lifestyle movement that we're that we want to create and that we want to, to innovate is to help people have better lives, to be happier, to be freer. Yes. And to be able to share their their experience with other people um, and to just have more joy.
0: Mm. You know what, Chris? Okay. Yeah, you know, you, you guys already know I'm crazy, but Chris said something. So Chris, if you can talk people out of addiction, that means you can help me to form an addiction because can you help me to uh, be addicted to going to the gym? Because I need abs. Like how in the <laughs> hell... <laughs> <laughs> no, Chris, i'm serious you know you guys might think i'm not i'm dead ass serious because like i cry when it's time to go to the gym but if I, my god if i was addicted to it i'd just be a better person so can you just maybe a uh, part of your dissertation can you help me to figure out how i can become addicted to you know how i can develop a, an addiction to the gym that's, you know, just, that's just a side note
1: that's just a side yeah note. no i love it i love it yeah I, I if somebody can find that solution get me on board as well i'll, I'll put in that
0: study I will pay for that. So Chris, we're, I, I, you know, I thank you so much for your time, but can you tell, aside from me sharing on the blog, there's some people that are going to, are there going to be so inspired by your words that they need to find you right now. So can you tell everybody where to find you right now? Give them links, give them everything.
1: Right now, if you'll go to Instagram and type in "do.your.dalies," that's my Instagram page. Um, our, our website is down right now. We're trying to get it back up and get it going. Um, and, and I'll, I'll be releasing that on, on Instagram when the time is right. And, and uh, I don't want to give you that link right now in the event that we don't get it up in time, okay. but, uh, follow, follow that page. Uh, ask me questions, um, bring up your concerns. Um, um, you know, tell me, Hey man, whatever you're saying, I don't like it. Give me that feedback too. Let's talk about it. Um, I don't, I don't pretend to be the expert in everything and, and, and to know everything. Um, but the goal is I want to work with you. I want to support you being happier. Um, I want to continue to be happier. I want to improve. Yes. I'm still a work in progress. I still got some character defects that I'm working through. I think we all are, and that's okay. Yeah. So um, jump on Instagram right there. Also, um, there will be there will be links to the Facebook page as well and our email address. Um,
0: yes, I'll-, I'll share all that, everybody. So um, do your dailies on Instagram, guys, D O. Uh, your, Y-O-U-R, and dailies. Are there underscores in there, Chris?
1: Um, there's a there's a period in between each of the words.
0: Oh, okay. Do, period, your, period, dailies.
1: <laughs> That's right. Yes.
0: All right, Chris. Well, thank you so much for your time, my brother. I appreciate you. I value you. You have helped in my life. So I know that I'm everybody so within this listenership, I know you're going to hear from them and I know you're going to um, help them as well. So thank you so much.
1: Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate it. This has been amazing. I hope we can do this again.
0: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, you guys. So we will see you next time. There's no telling who's gonna be on. I know I'm crazy. Know but crazy. until then, don't be so crazy, guys. Okay, forget it. Be crazy. <laughs> I know I'm going crazy.